Welcome back to Money and Politics in Delaware. Corporate governance guru Charles Elson is segments three and four, and I've, we're breaking a story, so I got to tease the segment. I've been a stockbroker. It's a career I love and continue roughly 43 years. I've owned stocks for half a century. I'm about to share, in my opinion, my opinion, the most shocking story I think I might have ever run into. Last week, progressives celebrated the extreme left cannot win at the ballot box, so they have increasingly attacked the corporate board room. The extreme left, by the way, is some form of the squad, especially climate change, sometimes guns. Last week, the Business Roundtable, which is a group of 181 companies, Apple, Johnson & Johnson, Walmart, 181, and especially Jamie Dimon and J.P. Morgan, released a statement dramatically expanding their vision of stakeholders that rock corporate America and it rock corporate governance expert Charles Elson. But there's even a bigger story out there that we're going to tell today. None, so I am told, none of those CEOs had their board's approval to make that vote. Therefore, rogue CEOs, illegal CEOs, he asked. Welcome back, Charles Elson. Good to be with you, Dace. Did I get that mostly right? Well, you know, we, we, we don't know if the boards knew or didn't know, but I, I would kind of guess they didn't because I think that what, by saying what they said, particularly given the fact that shareholders elect the boards, you've just told the people who elect you, you're not worth anything, or actually you're last in line behind everyone else. And, you know, it's kind of like a congressman saying, I don't come back to my district the, the heck with the voters. <laughs> you know, it's pretty. I I actually I don't represent this district. I represent something, someone else, and some group far away. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Let's do some basics though, because we do get first time listeners. Uh, Charles Elson is a personal friend. He's a regular to the program. He has an event September thirteenth. We're going to talk about that in the second half. But let's start at the beginning, Charles. Thirty seconds about you, and thirty seconds about what you do. I am the uh, director of the John L. Weinberg Center for Corporate Governance here at the University of Delaware, College of Arts and Sciences, uh, which is a governance center. Uh, and I'm also the Edgar S. Woolard, a la DuPont Ed Woolard, uh, chair in corporate governance uh, at the University of Delaware as well. And why do I, uh, why have I dubbed you, with a big smile, the $44 trillion or $40 trillion man? Well, I wish I could bank some of that, Dave, but I don't, <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, no, because the uh, Weinberg Center is home uh, to something called ISG, the Investor Stewardship Group, which is the largest collection of uh, uh, basically uh, indexed uh, investors in the United States. It is the largest. I mean, there are some 50 funds representing, as you say, many trillions of dollars in equity value. And uh, we are the home, if you will, of the group's uh, uh, governance principles, uh, voting principles. And that group will be having a meeting here next week, which we're very excited about. So very, very interesting and very good for Delaware. Uh, Nice for the university, but particularly nice for the state of Delaware. Let's talk about the state of Delaware just a minute. And again, we're giving primers to allow everybody in the audience to uh, participate. We'll get in the weeds in just a minute, but keep it... Keep it basic for 30 seconds here. 
Uh, let's see, state of Delaware. Delaware is the incorporation capital. Roughly two-thirds of the Fortune 500 is incorporated in the state of Delaware. That incorporation franchise means that uh, those companies pay a fee to be here or to have access to the Delaware courts. Uh, that uh, correlates to roughly 27 29% of the state of Delaware's annual revenues. Charles, you say if you add everything in, it's as much as 60% of the state of Delaware's annual budget. Did I get it mostly right? Clean it up. And do you still hold to that 60% figure? Well, you know, I think uh, your oft-guest, uh, Mr. Bird, I think kind of uh, views it the same way. You have to add to it uh, the uh, as, as cheat uh, legislation, which is a good chunk of uh, change we get from it, uh, the personal and corporate income taxes on the firms and individuals who do business in the space, and I think you're pretty up, pretty close to two thirds of the revenue coming out. It comes from some way, shape, or form. This corporate regulation. It, it's a big deal to the state. And my uh, again, fellow guest, uh, Mr. Bird, I think would uh, has on the show agreed. I believe uh, Bobby is Bobby Bird is a uh, big time lobbyist, uh, the ultimate insider in the state of Delaware, and a former chair of DFAC. DFAC being the Independent Financial Advisory. Uh, committee board uh, on the state of Delaware. Charles, you have been on, uh, I'll keep it simple, virtually every TV show. You've been featured in every financial publication over the last week. You've been on a warpath. That's a compliment. Share with the audience why. Well, I think this refers back to what you mentioned to begin with, and that the Business Roundtable, which was a, is a collection of uh, CEOs of uh, some of America's largest companies, not as powerful as it once was, but still a big group, uh, came out with a statement basically saying that shareholder primacy, in their view, uh, was out uh, in the companies that they ran, and instead they were focusing on the interest of stakeholders instead, meaning the community employees, uh, customer suppliers, over the rights and responsibility to the investors. Now, this is a position they had taken many years ago in the early 80s. Uh, this was their historic position, the stakeholder position. Um, but it led to some atrocious accountability, atrocious results in a lot of those companies, in fact, the near destruction of a number of those companies, uh, and ultimately, the large investors said, we have enough. You had a revolution in corporate governance where large investors focused on getting boards in place who were independent of management, who had a lot of stock in the company. The idea to drive greater results and greater prosperity for all of us and save those companies. Um, and ultimately, the Business Roundtable in 1997 changed its statement of purpose and said, yes, the corporation, to reflect the reality, should in fact put, the, put shareholders first. But in doing so, the other stakes are important, as everyone agrees with. But suddenly, in a weird uh, reaction, uh, political reaction, perhaps, I don't know. They suddenly came out with a statement and said, no, shareholders are, in fact, last. In fact, they described shareholders in this manifesto as, quote, mere, well, <laughs> merely, quote, suppliers of capital. Kind of like calling your parents uh, mere genetic contributors to your existence. <laughs> <laughs> it was like... And it was, you know, it was very disturbing to me and I think to a lot of people. And you got to think about investors' days today aren't, you know, a group of Wall Street titans. It's all of us. It's retirement funds of, of, of millions of people, government workers, uh, firefighters, uh, uh, police officers, uh, factory workers, teachers. 
That's our retirement is locked up in this stuff. And, and frankly, the, the, the largest holder of equities is, frankly, all of us. And by deep-sixing us and saying we basically don't matter to them, those, by the way, whose salaries, their outrageous salaries, I might add, created the problem and mistrust that probably has led to this statement of all people to tell us that we, our retirements are, uh, are are worth less because their obligation is to everyone else is, I find, very disturbing. A, by saying you're accountable to everyone, you become accountable to no one, even a stopwatch gets the time right twice a day, meaning basically that they, they have no accountability to anyone anymore if they're accountable to everyone. And it, it was a statement and a shift that I found quite self-serving on their part. And as an investor, as a retiree, I should say, an investor who will be a retiree, uh, I find it very disturbing. Charles, let me see if I get this right. I put my money up and I become a shareholder. And the guy that owns a sub shop, Louis sub shop, hypothetically, that sits next to my corporation has more rights as a stakeholder, Louis does, than me, and I could lose all my money. You got 30 seconds. Well, it's a kind of simplified way of saying that your, your employees, your customers have more value to you than the people who contributed the, 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 the capital, gave you money to start the business. And ultimately, they won't start, they won't give you the money again. And it's not they, it's all of us, because we all contribute our retirement savings to create the capital that fuels corporate America. I got to jump in. His name is Charles Elson, the guru of corporate governance. Uh, What's going to happen? We got to take a real short break. Make sure those advertisers stay happy when we come back. Are these CEOs rogue or not? And we'll plug his uh, event next week. We will be right back. 